Today is January 4th, 2021. We're already off to an interesting start this year. I'm sure that you uh, saw over the weekend that my Roadwork co-host John Roderick shared a parenting story on Twitter that uh, very quickly became news. And as a result, some of his old tweets were discovered to contain remarks uh, that are offensive and I'm sure that he regrets those deeply. I know that John is learning a lot through this experience. And uh, as for what the future holds, I really don't know. Uh, I'm confused and frustrated and disappointed about a lot of things right now. And I don't have any answers yet, just my own thoughts and feelings. And I'm working on it and uh, I'm trying to figure it out. So what what I need and what I think some other people also need is a little bit of time to do that. And that's really all I have to say about this right now. Uh, so let's move on to the news because there's a bunch of it. Uh, we'll start. Yes. And it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird mood. It's a weird way to start 2020, but lest you thought 2020 wasn't going to be interesting. Um, this is probably a good indication of what things are going to be like. Um, some news then. Uh, a psychologist's guide to changing the minds of anti-maskers. This is on the next web. Uh, this is a really interesting article and something that, that people talk about a lot that I have seen is how do I get my family member, my friend, my coworker, whoever uh, to... Uh, to, 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 how do I change their mind? How do I get them to wear a mask? And, and so my philosophy about masks is this, we don't know, uh, a lot about whether masks work or not. And wait a minute, you're going to say, well, of course we do. We know all about it. We know all about it. Well, reality is we actually don't. There are studies that have shown that masks work and there are some that show that they don't work. The experts tend to think that they work. The doctors and people in healthcare tend to think that they work. So I defer to the fact that I think that they probably work. But here's the deal. What if they, let, let's approach it like this. What if masks do work? Then it would be smart to wear them, right? It would be really smart to wear a mask. If, if masks work, it would be smart to wear them. Do masks cause harm? Now, I've read uh, a couple of what I think have been universally decided were ridiculous uh, things about masks, like uh, they can, uh, you breathe in your own air and you can die from it, or, you know, you get, uh, if you have, uh, you don't get enough oxygen and you can have other effects. I, I think you can know that there are lots and lots and lots of people who wear masks uh, for many, many hours at a time. N95 masks and other kinds of masks for many, many hours at a time, and they're, most of them are okay. They're everything from a nail tech to a surgeon performing seven-hour life-saving surgery to the, uh, the guy working in the woodshed, uh, you know, uh, sanding stuff down, has to wear a mask. There are people who have worn masks for extended periods of time for many, many years who are fine. Now, there might be people who have health conditions that make that difficult or impossible. I'm not talking about them. Talking about a regular healthy person, uh, generally speaking, masks don't harm you. I think that's safe. And then I think we can all agree on that. Masks, wearing a mask doesn't harm you. So if wearing a mask maybe prevents uh, the exchange of COVID, maybe, 
and masks don't harm you, then it seems like wearing a mask is an okay thing to do. It seems, in fact, like that would be the right thing to do, the smart thing to do. Because if you wear a mask, it doesn't hurt you, and it might stop COVID. Isn't that a good reason to wear a mask? I like to think that that's a good enough reason to wear a mask. But that might not be enough to change people's minds. So I put this article in there, a little handy-dandy thing that maybe will help you change the mind of the anti-masker. So there you go. Um, it, I was reading the next web, and I came across this. Um, the <laughs> Someone says, uh, Ted says, routinely dies. Citation needed. They're talking about what AF Waller, AF Waller, AF Waller. F. Waller says, in Korea, people routinely die because fans suck the oxygen out of the room, but they still <laughs> wear masks. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I think um, Royce says, bacterial pneumonia from mask use. You know, it, is that possible? Um, it, it, it might be possible. I've never heard that. Maybe it's a thing that happens. But most people, when they wear a mask, they're wearing it when they're going to do something. So let's talk about this for one more second. When I, the, here's how I wear a mask, right? I'm, I'm going to go pick up some tacos after, after I do this show. Uh, so I will leave here, leave the studio. I'll put the mask on. I don't wear it while I drive because I'll be by myself in the truck. Uh, I'm not worried about infecting myself. I will drive to the place that I'm going. And before I get out of the truck, I'll put on my mask. I happen to use N95 masks most of the time. I do have a couple cloth ones as well. Uh, but I'll put the N95 mask on. I'll make sure it's secure. And I will walk into the taco shop. And I can already tell you, because I've been to this taco shop multiple times, that there will be people in there with masks on waiting in line. And the people working there are wearing them. And there will be a couple people in there who are eating and not wearing masks. Because that's the way the world is right now. Uh, you know, then I will order, I'll wait for the food, I'll get pay for it, and then I'll leave. And then when I get back into my truck, I'll take the mask off. And that's the way that I wear it. Now, in that time, in that time that I've been wearing the mask, it's 20 minutes maybe, uh, I, I don't think that I'm going to get, what was it called, bacterial pneumonia. I don't think I'll be getting that from that time period. Um, I just, it, it doesn't seem likely. I'm not worried about it. It's probably more likely that I'll get in, uh, and I hope, hope not, get in a fender bender uh, than I would get bacterial pneumonia from the mask. Now, there are many people who have to wear the mask all day long, every day. I don't know if they're going to get bacterial pneumonia or not. But I can tell you, I think that most people, most people are, do, and this is a hunch. I don't know this. So if someone wants to look this up and tell me I'm wrong, I would like to hear it. I don't think that most people are wearing masks all day long every day. I think they're wearing them more like the way that I wear them. They're coming from a place where they don't need to wear it, going into a place where they do for a period of time, and then leaving that place. A grocery store might be a good example. Home Depot might be a good example. Picking up their dinner at the takeout place might be a good example. Uh, I don't know. Um, so um, those, are, those are the questions. <laughs> Brian says you can get super gonorrhea while wearing a mask. 
Yes, you could. It won't protect you from super gonorrhea. Here's another article on the next web as I was reading it. It says, bad news for liars. Scientists discover an ethical and effective lie detection method. And they've got a big picture of Pinocchio here, which I like. As, as many of you know, I'm very interested in body language. And I made a study of learning body language. I'm by no means an expert in it. But I enjoy understanding body language and understanding that, uh, that there are ways that we share our feelings and thoughts and emotions unintentionally uh, and that our body can kind of tell that. A, a fun one to look at uh, that I like to look at is people's feet. If you look at someone's feet, their feet are a dead giveaway. If they're interested in you, let's say you're talking to them, even if they're sitting down, their feet will be pointed toward you. But if they kind of want to get out of the conversation or they're thinking about leaving or something like that, their feet will kind of point toward the door or point away. If you're in a come up to remember when we used to have groups of people together at a party or something, if you go to a group of people talking and you kind of want to have a conversation with one of the people in the group and their feet don't kind of point toward you when you come over. They sort of keep them pointed in the center and they just turn. You know they're not that interested in talking right now. Don't get offended. Uh, but little things like that are fascinating about body language. Well, some, some uh, results that were just published, they were published in the Journal of Applied Research in Memory and Cognition. And it says that you can spot a liar based on an interviewing technique. This isn't so much about body language and movement, but it's very interesting. The uh, approach is called the asymmetric information management technique, also called the AIM technique, uh, which is which is very very interesting. Um, it. Uh, it says, at its core, it's designed to provide suspects with clear means to demonstrate their innocence or guilt to investigators by providing detailed information. Small details are the lifeblood of forensic investigations and can provide investigators with facts to check and witnesses to question. Importantly, longer, more detailed statements typically contain more clues. And so here's what it is. You tell you, you basically tell the suspect of these facts. Specifically, it's, I'm just, I'll just read this. Interviewers make it clear to interviewees that if they provide longer, more detailed statements about the event of interest, the investigator will be better able to detect if they're telling the truth or lying. So the person asking you says this to you. And then it says, for truth tellers, this is good news. And for liars, it's bad news, right? If I were to tell you, well, listen, the more information you give me, uh, the less chance there will be uh, that you're a liar. And uh, the, the better it will be for us to, to figure this information out. And it says that research shows that when suspects are provided with these instructions, they behave differently depending on whether they're telling the truth or not. Truth tellers typically, typically seek to demonstrate their innocence and provide more detailed information in response to those instructions, right? Makes sense. Liars want to conceal their guilt. That means they're more likely to strategically withhold information in response to the aim questions. And their correct assumption is that providing more information will make it easier for the investigator to figure out that they're lying so they provide less information, right? It's pretty interesting, but there's proof that this works. So all, if, if you ever want to know, you know, if someone is telling you the truth, tell them, I'm gonna, I want to hear as much information as you can tell me about the situation. Uh, so back to, uh, and they're saying in the chat, never talk, never talk to cops. Yeah. Um, let's block that pop up. Uh, an article here in studyfinds.org says that lower zinc levels are linked to a higher risk of death from COVID-19. 
Do you hear that f buzzing? Computer's making a buzzing sound. Hold on a second. Okay, that's better. In Barcelona, Spain, a recent study is making a strong case uh, that we should eat more zinc. Spanish researchers report COVID-19 patients with low levels of zinc suffer from poor health outcomes and a higher risk of death. So it seems like the things you need to be taking are this is still buzzing. Do you hear that? Yeah, you see the Lego tab? We're getting to the Lego tab. We'll get to the Lego tab. I'm going to have... Hold on, I'm going to hit this fan again. Oh, you know what it is? It's it's the Synology box. Hold on. There. It was a Synology. All right. Uh, so here's the thing. They looked at clinical severity of each patient's COVID-19 infection, and the study measured each patient's baseline zinc levels when they were admitted to the hospital. Yeah, you guys can't hear the buzzing, which is good, but it it's gone now. It's gone. I beat, I beat that Synology to hell and back, and it's not going to buzz again. Trust me. So 611 patients were admitted to the hospital during the period of testing. And at the start of the, uh, the pandemic, the patients had an average of uh, age of 63 years old, because that's the kind of age that you see usually admitted to the hospital. So that makes sense. Over half the group uh, were uh, 87 uh, were men. And a, uh, half the group were men, and 87 people, 14%, passed away due to the illness. So the researchers focused on 249 of the patients, 21 of whom died. And the average baseline zinc among all patients was 61 mcg per dl, whatever that means. Um, but the ones who passed away, it was 43 mcg dl, whatever that means. But basically... They showed a statistical analysis of all this data, and they showed that for each unit increase of plasma zinc when they were admitted to a hospital, a patient's chances of dying in the hospital dropped by 7%. So what this means is, and they've been able to prove this, low zinc levels correlate with higher inflammation in the course of infection and a poorer outcome. So take your zinc. Now, I take zinc every day, and I have for several years. Uh, everyday zinc. I also take D3 and there is a vitamin K that you take along with the D3 to boost it. But everything shows that y'all should be taking D, vitamin D, specifically D3 and zinc. Uh, you're going to need to look up how much you should take uh, for yourself uh, because I can't tell you the exact numbers. Um, but I take it's either 40 or 50 gram, milligrams, grams, milligrams of zinc picolinate, and I take 5,000, is it UI or something like that, of uh, D3 every day along with the vitamin K2 to help it be digested. So I recommend you do that too. It's a good thing to do anyway. It's healthy. It's good for you to do anyway. So do that anyway, but especially right now. Again, what if the zinc does nothing? What if it doesn't help you at all against COVID? Well, there's a lot of other health benefits to it too. Same with the D3. You can't, you can't go wrong by doing this. So, I mean, yeah, I'm supposed to say check with your doctor and all that nonsense. But, uh, okay, so, um, yeah, MCGDL, uh, I don't know. Oh, and, and there's also people, Adolfo says you should also take quercetin to deliver the zinc. Uh, I do that too, that you can take quercetin along with bromelain. I'm not even sure how I'm saying any of these. Uh, hold on, we could, we could do this if we wanted to try and lighten the mood. 
That's your name, dude. There you go. Uh, so I take all of that stuff. I should do. A, I should bring in all my my pills, my bottles of supplements that I take. Uh, so the Milky Way. Listen to this. The, they think now that the Milky Way is probably uh, full of dead civilizations. Oh, and you know what? There's another link that I forgot to add that's important that, that, that didn't get added that I got to add here. Um, but yes, what do you think of this? Uh, they are basically saying that there are tons and tons and tons of ancient civilizations. And this is something, have you heard of the Drake equation? Uh, Frank Drake wrote this back in 1961. And he was the founder of SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And he said, like, where is everybody? And so they basically said that uh, one of the things that might happen to intelligent civilizations is that they destroy themselves before they ever escape their planet or go and explore the universe. Um, and they say that it could be a lot of different things that could just, they could destroy themselves. Supernovas could destroy them, whatever. But what they basically did is they did some math and they looked at this math and they said that, um, um, they think that most of the civilizations that exist in the galaxy today are likely young because intelligent life is fairly likely to eradicate itself, uh, over time. Uh, long time scales. And here is a, a, a diagram that kind of shows that. They say even if the galaxy reaches its civilization peak more than 5 billion years ago, because some of these older civilizations were around back then, they think that it's very likely that they self-annihilated, that they destroyed themselves in the process. So who knows? Uh, but it's kind of depressing. Julian Assange, WikiLeaks founder, was supposed to be extradited to the U.S., but it's been blocked by a judge over in the UK and he has a French accent. Where is my I, every time I lose this, this. I'm just going to give up because I can I need to set it to be a color. I have to play the international language, the song. Well, oh well, we won't have it again. That's just the kind of year this is going to be right. Uh, but he they say he cannot be extradited to the U.S., a judge blocked the request because of concerns over his mental health and risk of suicide in the U.S. So they say they're doing this for his own good. He's a 49-year-old. He is wanted over the publication of thousands of classified documents between 2010 and 2011. And they're basically saying the U.S. has two weeks that they can uh, to appeal this. Um but they're saying that he, you know, he's been fighting extradition. He's going to be going back to this Belmarsh prison. He's being held there. And they say that it's just they think he's suicidal. They think he'll kill himself. And they have to protect him by keeping him right where he is. Um, A.F. Waller says, Julian uh, refused to shower and smelled so bad the Ecuadorian government expelled him from their embassy. Is that true? Okay, here's another thing. We're talking a little bit about space. I should have this, done this story before the last one, but it's a weird day. Um, Avi Loeb? Abby? Okay. That's your name, dude. Uh, said that uh, this book is called Extra. He's the author of a, of a book called The Extraterrestrial, Extraterrestrial, The First Signs of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth. And he's saying that, you do you remember this object, uh, which is called, I think it's Oumuamua? Oumuamua? Oumuamua, Oumuamua, uh, was actually, in fact, 
was a sign of extraterrestrial life, that it was some kind, this is the, that, that object that they found in 2017 and it was flying around. They said it's, it's shape is too weird. And the fact that it, it's dry and it's, it, it moved a certain way that they think it's like some kind of space sail. And now this guy, uh, who, um, who is uh, no lightweight. Um, he's, he's like a Harvard dude. And he basically came out and is now saying, no, this 900 foot long cigar shaped thing is, is a mystery, but it is not a, he's saying it's not a comet. It's not an asteroid. It's not made of just hydrogen ice that it is in fact something bigger and more important. And, um, Maybe it is actually some kind of construct from an alien civilization. But of course, we can't know because in 2018, it stopped being observable and flew out. So we're, we're never really going to know ever, are we? Um, you know, I have to mention this just because everyone is mentioning it. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, Adolfo says it was a probe. It's, so it could be a probe, if not a ship. But I mean, how different are those two things? Uh, you know, Trump told the Georgia election official to find votes. Here's the thing. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. I want for you to go and listen to the entire recorded phone call that Trump has between the folks in Georgia and decide for yourself. The point of this story isn't for me to tell you what happened. The point is you need to think for yourself about these kinds of things. Don't just listen to a clip, people. Because if you just listen to a clip, you're getting things that are not giving you the full context. It might actually be better or much worse than it sounds like if you just listen to the clip. You need to listen to the whole call. Yes, it's an hour. Yes, it's an hour, but it's also important. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm not here to take apart that call. I'm not here to lecture you on anything except that fact that it's your own responsibility to listen to the entire thing so that you understand the context so listen to the whole thing. Links are going to be in the show notes. Um, oh, on a little bit of a sad note, not that there's not enough sad stuff already. Tanya Roberts died. She was a mere 65 years old. It's not that old, people. Tanya Roberts, she was a Bond girl, as they used to call it. She was in Charlie. She was an angel in Charlie's Angels. She was Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. And a wonderful actress. And she also was on that 70s show uh, years later. I always, you know, people gave her like the worst acting award and stuff like that for some of those things that she was in there called Razzies. She got that for uh, A View to a Kill 1985 movie. Um, but um, I always enjoyed her stuff. I thought she was she was fun. I remember watching Sheena when I was a kid. Uh, and that was that was a fun movie. Uh, but. Apparently, she collapsed um, on uh, October, not October, on December 24th, the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, and she was admitted to an L.A. hospital. Uh, she was out walking her dogs, and uh, I guess what it, they haven't said the cause of death. They say it wasn't COVID, uh, so who knows? Uh, and yes, the last link for the day is about Legos. Now, you're not supposed to say Legos. You're supposed to say Lego toys and blocks. <laughs> but they have come out with this cool thing. It's called a botanical collection, and it features flowers. So you're actually making flowers. Get ready to pop up. You're making flowers out of 
Legos. Who would have? Okay, look at this. Look at all these. Pop, come on. Look at these. So this is like a flower bouquet. It's 50 bucks. It's already sold out. But you make flower bouquets out of Legos. Isn't this crazy cool? Look at that. So look at that. Instead, look, here's a woman who's clearly running a flower shop. And she's moved on from those antiquated, old-fashioned, crappy, real-life flowers. And she's now making her flower arrangements out of Legos. Look at that. But it is actually really cool. And I know a lot of people, I mean, this is for adults, but I know people of all ages who would really like this stuff. Uh, you basically make your own flower arrangements out of Legos. Kind of cool, right? And uh, there, uh, Dominic in the chat says there's a bonsai tree, too. Uh, so go check it out. Yeah. This is part of their like adult create, they call it the creator expert series. And, uh, yeah, look at, look at some of these other things that you can make. There's the Coliseum that you can make. There's a London bus. I made this Ghostbusters Ecto one and it was awesome. And yeah, here's the bonsai tree. All these are sold out. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, look at this. You make your, now that's kind of a Zen type experience. Isn't just, uh, clipping a, a real bonsai tree, but making your own out of Legos is pretty cool. I'm down with all this stuff. <laughs> and Brian says, I heard the cigar asteroid is actually a Lego. Julian Assange told him, well, on that note, we will end it. I hope uh, y'all have a better uh, rest of your day than I've been having over here. So thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, we'll see you all tomorrow.